And you may be seated. If you want to find your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, this is going to be our final Sunday uh, looking at kingdom living in a broken world as we finish up the Sermon on the Mount. And I want to tell you this, if you want a glimpse of your future, all you have to do is look at your foundation. I mean, what are you standing on? What supports you? What sustains you? Where is your strength? When you come to difficulties in life, and let's say the wheels seem to be coming off the cart, what do you look to for your sense of stability and identity and peace? Like, okay, I'm facing troubles, and this is difficult, but I've got this. What is that? Well, we know that when you're looking at a building, you always know how strong and how long that building is meant to last based upon the foundation that it's been given. I mean, we understand that structural longevity is determined by, funct- uh, by foundational integrity, okay? So if you want a building that lasts, it's going to have a strong foundation. On the other hand, if it's just a shed and you're really not too concerned about it, you don't really give it much of foundation altogether. But what is true of buildings is also true of our lives. And before we go really any farther, I'd like you to really hone in and nail it down. What's your foundation? What makes it well with you? Is it your financial achievements and the resources that you have? I mean, many people, many Americans, like, well, I got all these problems, but I've got this. And then they go and just focus in on their 401k and like, oh, I've got this money in these accounts. I think I'm doing okay. Or is it your achievements or your appearance? Okay, like, well... I don't have a lot going for me, but at least I'm good looking, right? You know? And, uh, and so you stay with that, right? Maybe it's the fact that you're well-networked. I've got connections. I've got a family heritage. What is it that you find your sense of purpose, peace, stability, and well-being? Maybe, maybe it's a political figure or the government itself. The government is my stability. It's my rescue, and I'm counting on the government to take care of me. Well, at the very climax of the greatest sermon ever given, Jesus presents to us the sole foundation for life, one that will bring meaning, purpose, peace, stability, and life. And what Jesus does at the end of this great sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, is he gives a contracting seminar. He presents a story. It's a parable. One of Jesus' favorite teaching tools was to give a story. A parable is to take something that is very familiar and lay it alongside something that is not as familiar. It is a highly effective teaching tool, and it comes into play in this climax to the most important message, the greatest sermon ever given. And I just want to ask this. What will you do with Jesus and his words? What will you do with Jesus and his words? Well, let me show you what a life that is built on Christ and his words look like. Chapter 7, beginning in verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. A life that is built on Christ and his words, first thing that kind of stands out to you is that Jesus says, He describes it as wise. 
Wisdom has the idea of skill for living, that you're able to take biblical truth and apply it to your life. And second of all, we see here in this verse is that a life that is built on Christ and his words is developed through discipleship. Notice, these are words of invitation to build upon a relationship of trust. Jesus is calling out to the crowds to build their life upon him. And notice how he refers to it, who hears these words of mine. He is equating his words with the will of God from like chapter 7, verse 21. Do you remember in chapter 5 where Jesus gave the full intent of the law? Jesus didn't come to dismiss the law, forget the law. He came to fulfill it, and he came to also describe its full intent. He put himself in a position as the author. Jesus wasn't making like just kind of vague statements. He's making absolute clear statements so that no one would miss his deity. He says, these words of mine. And notice what he says, that they hear them, they act on them. He is a wise man who built his house on the rock. You see, rock speaks of stability, security, strength. And how it worked for builders 2,000 years ago in Israel and how it works today is that what they would do is that they would dig deep until they hit bedrock And then they would base the structure of their house on a foundation that was tied to rock. That's what a wise builder would do because, after all, he knows that, you know, weather can change. Yeah, it's sunny now, but winds and rain, that could all come. And when it does, I want my house, my home, this structure to last. And so what he would do is he would ground it in the rock. And even today... You can tell how strong and how tall a building is going to be by the foundation that it's given. If you see a site, like a building site, like in downtown of a city, and they have this like massive hole, and they're drilling in these massive columns going way deep into the earth, well, you know that they're planning on putting a substantial structure up. And that's, we understand that, because uh, your foundation is really going to determine what you're going to build. And when Jesus says that this wise man built his house upon the rock, the rock is Christ and his words. The, you hear these words of mine. You see that in verse 24? This is the rock. This is where stability and strength is. And if you're going to actually build your life on Christ, you have to start a relationship with Jesus. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6? He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Do you really want truth? You want forgiveness? Do you want life with God? Well, then Jesus says, you want me. I'm it. I am the sure foundation of life. I am the rock. And notice what, what this relationship looks like. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine. Hearing, this Greek word has the idea of not just that you heard syllables, but that you actually comprehend, you process, you are looking to understand, you are what is what's called active listening. So right now, I'm speaking, and perhaps you're just like, well, the guy's just talking, there's some words, and they just, they just kind of evaporate, they just go away. That's not the hearing that he's speaking of. 
Here is the hearing is like, what is being said? What does that mean? Processing. And then he says, you not only hear these words of mine, but you act on them. You keep acting on them. It has the idea that you are doing the word. And this is the ongoing process of someone who is building their life on Christ and his word. They are always in positions where they are hearing the word and they're acting on them. It's not a once uh, in a while sort of situation. It's more of a lifestyle approach. This is what we call discipleship. A disciple is a learner, an apprentice. And a definition of discipleship is the intentional and relational process of maturing Christ-centered believers and mobilizing them for ministry. That's what Jesus is doing. He is giving out this grand invitation. He is calling people to build their life upon him, to not only know him as Savior, but to follow him as Lord, to actually adhere to his words. It's interesting that when Luke records Jesus giving a similar sermon, he uses this exact same parable about a man building a house. And when he talks about the man building his house upon the rock, Jesus included this, these words, he dug deep. You know, digging takes effort. I don't know, when's the last time you've dug a substantial hole, okay? Some of you, this brings back some wonderful memories of being in the military or a backyard project that just never ended, right? Digging is hard work, right? It's challenging. You run into rocks. It's, it, it's labor. But if you're going to build your house on the rock, you're going to have to apply yourself. It's going to cost you something. It's, it's challenging. There's, there's going to be work and effort that needs to be exerted. I don't know if you've ever seen the New York City Manhattan skyline, but it is absolutely fascinating. They have buildings that are 75 stories up to 100 stories tall. I mean, like, look at that. Like, how does that happen? These massive buildings. I mean, even the clouds can get hung up on some of these buildings, and it's happened. And yet, despite all the weather, all the clouds, these buildings stand, and they're massive. Well, how do they make it? The secret of their strength is not what you see, it's what you don't see. You see, the strength of the building is its foundation. The reason that in Manhattan they have these massive skyscrapers is because of what's underneath them. It is known as the Manhattan Schist. It's this bedrock, and it's found very close to the surface. In fact, in some places, you only have to go down 18 feet, and you hit this solid bedrock. Now, for, for buildings, like that's nothing going down 18 feet. And what they do is they have these anchors. They're called piles, and they drill, them, drill down into the bedrock, in some cases, 25 stories deep into this solid rock. A massive number of these anchors, and then the building rests on that. So all the weight is distributed among the anchors. These anchors are at like 25 stories deep into this rock. That building is going nowhere. Why? Because it has such a solid foundation. And when they put those anchors in, those piles... They have to do it with absolute precision. And the times that they've been off just a little bit, they were just a little bit sloppy, like, uh, you know, it's close enough, you know? You've ever heard, well, it's just kind of good enough? 
You do that with the piles, those anchors, and your building starts developing cracks. And this has happened. In some cases, because the, those anchors weren't actually put in straight, they've either had to tear the building down or go through the extremely expensive and time-consuming process of getting it re-anchored. When Jesus is saying, this is what discipleship looks like, you keep hearing my words and you keep acting on them, you got to drill deep. And you've got to have some precision. So let's just talk about it in your life. Are you drilling deep with precision? Are you in a process of hearing God's words and acting upon them? Because if you're kind of like this whole flippant idea, like, oh, it just doesn't matter. You know, I'll pick and choose. I'll hear a Bible verse here and there. And you think that that's what Jesus is talking about? You are mistaken. He talks about precision, going deep, building your life upon the rock. You see, your foundation determines your future. Your foundation determines your future. And what Jesus is doing is he's inviting us to build our life on that which is solid, that which is stable, that which is eternal, because it's him. And if you really want to experience fullness of life, strength, depth, the deep, full life, to know the riches of relationship with Jesus, it's this life of discipleship where you're just growing deep in him. You see, a life that is built on Christ and his words, it's going to be developed through discipleship. But here's something else. It's going to be displayed in trials. That building, your life, it's going to be tested. Take a look, verse 25. So that wise man, he built his life upon the rock. He dug deep, verse 25, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. You see, the storms and the floods, it's not if they come, it's when they come, right? You know, when it comes to storms, like you can't like schedule them like, you know, this would be a really good time for us to have a good downpour. Does it work that way? No, we're like, we're trying to figure out like, okay, it looks like we're going to be having a lot of rain this week. We, you can't schedule storms. You might be able to see them coming, but you know, sometimes like here in central Texas, the weather can change pretty quickly. Like yesterday, right? It went from like being pretty nice and sunny to a couple hours later, we had a pretty significant downpour. And friends, that's how life is. You can't schedule your trials and the difficulties and the hardships. You might see them coming, but sometimes they just kind of come like right out of the blue. And when we're talking about the storms of life, what are we talking about? Like trials and temptations, suffering, hardships, cancer, career problems, relationship breakdown, Challenges that you never thought would ever happen. Friends that suddenly are just undermining you and hurting you in ways that you never imagined. You can find, whether it be a pandemic or a war or, or someone that you love has passed away, all of a sudden you can find yourself in a storm, in a difficulty. And the ultimate trial is the great judgment where you appear before God. And yet this individual, you know what they did? They built their life on the rock. And notice what the text says. And the building, their life did not fall. Why? For it had been founded on the rock. 
You know what storms do? Storms reveal your foundation. You're going through a storm right now. One of the things that is being exposed is really where do you find your strength, your security, your identity, your peace? Who really or what really is your hope? Storms have a way of exposing your foundation. And now, I want you to understand that all of us are going through storms in life at different times. You either have been in a trial, some of you are currently in one, or you're probably just about ready to go into one. Storms reveal our foundation. You know, and we're human. Don't get the idea like, well, you know what, I must not be very stable and structure and, and soundly um, uh, built into the rock of Christ because I've got feelings at times where I feel hopeless, discouraged, maybe even depressed at some different times. Um, it's, life is hard. And you're like, well, I, I must really not be rooted in the rock because I have these feelings like this sometimes. I want you to know we're human. We're people. We're going to have trouble, and it's going to affect us. We have emotions given to us by God. But just like we got done singing, his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. We're not putting all of our hope in our feelings. What's our foundation? It's Christ and his word. And storms show us what our lives are really based on. And just like we find out that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever, trials display our faith in him. Even when we're going through the storm. I mean, this happens every Sunday. I mean, even looking right now, I know some of the great difficulties and challenges and storms you're going through. To know that we are praising God from the heart We're praising him in the storm. You know what that's doing? That's saying, I'm standing on the firm rock and the foundation of Jesus Christ. And there's something else you need to know according to Jesus. A life that is built on Christ and his word is destined to stand for eternity. Did you see that? And yet, despite the flood, the hurricane, the wind slammed against the house, yet it did not fall. Why? because it had been founded on the rock. That's true in this life. You've got hope, peace. You don't have all the answers. You've got perhaps even more questions than answers at times, but you've got a bedrock stability because you have Jesus. And that stability, that relationship that is rooted in Christ, it's because of Jesus. It carries on into eternity. Right now we see dimly, but there is a time coming when we pass from this life where we will see clearly And we will be resting in the reality of this relationship with Christ, crying out worthy and holy and worshiping God from the heart because Jesus Christ is the absolute one certain hope in this life. Know this, that the focus of our faith determines the future that we face. I want to ask you, what are you doing with Jesus and his words? For some, why they are... uh, They are building their life on Christ and his words. But you need to know that there is another option. In fact, I could say that this is the road most traveled. This is the wide way, as Jesus referred to it. And that is to build your life without Christ and his words. And that's exactly what Jesus addresses. There is another way. 
And Jesus describes it. Verse 26, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. You see, a life that is built without Christ and his words, the first thing that kind of strikes us is that Jesus describes it as foolish. The Greek word moros, where we get our word moron from, it has the idea that you are easily deceived. You do not have sound judgment. You are devoid of wisdom and good sense. And second of all, it's developed on the temporal. You see that? He says, it's, they hear the words of mine, but they don't act on them. They're like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Instead of building their life on the eternal, on Christ and his words, they build their life on the temporal, that which is shifting, insecure, not stable. Just That's what sand is. I mean, do you ever notice just how sand can like blow around in the wind? Um, or for instance, like our beachfront property, you know, like Lake Waco, you know how the Army Corps of Engineers put all that sand out there so we could have this beautiful beach? And then when it flooded a couple years ago, what happened? All the sand just drifted all the way out to the lake. You know, we had to start over because that's how it works with sand. And Jesus says, this man built his life on what is temporal. Where rock speaks of stability and security and strength, uh, this, this builder, Jesus describes as foolish, said, I got some better ideas on how to do this and how to build my life. I will build it on sand. So what is the temple realities that so many people are building their life on? Well, their financial position. They really think that the money that they've got, their investments that they've made, their retirement account, their 401k, why, that brings lasting, even perhaps everlasting value. It's what's most important. Um, It could be their intelligence, their skills, their accomplishments, their appearance, their network, their family heritage. But friends, all of that is sand. It all eventually passes away. One of the perhaps most prevalent philosophies that we see being manifested in America today is existentialism. It comes for us from France, but it has the idea that there is no God and that you actually create meaning and authenticity. You live out your own truth. Does this sound familiar? Like, right? There's lots of people. That's how they talk because that's how they think. There's no transcendent reality. There's no authoritative truth. You make up your own meaning, your own authenticity. It's, it's all up to you. You make up your own existence. Now, it's not that they haven't heard about Christ or his word. These are folks that perhaps have grown up in a Christian home. They've been in church. They've got a Bible. They've been in Bible studies. They've heard, but notice what Jesus says. They hear these words of mine, but they do not act on them. They settle for the superficial. They don't really apply themselves to the truth. They're familiar with it, but they've kind of forsaken it. Yeah, they, they kind of know what to say. They know the lingo. They got the general principles, but guess what? We're going to do it my way, a different way. And I want you to know, just like uh, the previous man who built his house on the rock, guess what? The, the individual that builds their life on the sand, why, that life is going to be displayed in trials. You know, as long as the weather 
is steady, okay, not a problem. You know, for the, for the guy, the foolish builder, it's like he just pitched a tent, you know? He just kind of looked for some sand. Well, it's kind of baked over. It looks pretty good. It's kind of by the river here. Not bad. I think I'll just put it up. And they do. And it's, it's kind of like without thinking. In fact, they, they build this way because they're interested in pursuing life the way they want it. They're not really interested in, in life as God designed it. They're in life as we want to define it. And so they're like, this looks good. It's pretty level. And so they just kind of pitch their tent. Their house looks like, like a lean-to. They're, and it goes up quickly. I, you know, they might be looking at the guy, the, this, this Christian, who's like digging into the ground and he's sweating. It's hard. And, you know, like, why would you do that? Do you need to know that the non-Christian does not understand why believers uh, put so much time and attention and energy and finance into the, into the kingdom, why they make worship a priority, why they study the Bible on a regular basis, why, that, why that's so important. That makes no sense to them. To the non-believer, that's absolutely foolishness. Why would you waste your time and your money? That makes no sense to them because that's not how they're processing life. They're not thinking that way. And that's the problem. You see, their life too is going to be displayed in trials. And notice, that's what Jesus says. Verse 27, Then the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. As long as the sky is blue and the weather is calm, not a problem. The lean-to is working. But once the hurricane hits, the storms move in, the rain starts falling, and the wind starts blowing, all of a sudden, they find out their house was built on an inferior foundation. The trials, the temptations, the suffering, the family problems that most certainly arise, the troubles, the health issues, the relationship breakdown, all of a sudden, a significant, perhaps very negative event happens in your career guess what? It exposes your foundation. In the case of the fool, the lack of their foundation. And notice the house falls. It is destined for devastation. Notice what happened. It fell and great was its fall. It suffered ruin. Great was its fall. It was catastrophic. And you see this. If your life isn't built on the secure rock of Christ, why in this life, when the troubles come, you see the pain and the anguish, the lack of hope, no sense of peace or perspective whatsoever. Do you know why? They have no earthly stability because they have no heavenly security. They don't have the rock of Christ. And they may be familiar with him, but they're not following him. They are aware, but they simply are not adhering to what Jesus had said. And notice, great was its fall. You see it, despair. Uh, you've got pain in your life, and what do, you, what pe- what do people do? They, ha- they try to medicate that pain. Let me give you some of the common ways people on the Broadway and those who are building on the sand try to medicate the hurt in their life. And it's real hurt, and we're sympathetic to it. But they will... Uh, turn to devastating decisions morally and ethically. 
drugs of choice, alcohol, drugs over the counter, illegal, pornography, immorality, destructive behavior. Not only is it creating wreckage in their own life, but it has wreckage in the lives of so many people that are close to them. And yet they're in this downward spiral on this vortex. Why? They're in a storm and they don't have a solid foundation. And then, of course, that's just this life. And we all know people like that. But then in the life to come, they face the judgment of God. Remember we looked at it last week? Perhaps some of the most sobering words ever written and ever spoken will be spoken again. Like verse 23, chapter 7. And Jesus said, And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Man, I want you to know that I want every single person I know to never hear those words. I want them to know the goodness of Jesus, his grace, his forgiveness, his life. But if you will hear those words, but you never act on them, you never believe the gospel, this is your future. Now, why in the world, why would someone build their life on the sand? I mean, think of it. Maybe, maybe it's you right now. You're like, whoa, <laughs> this guy is describing my life. Why do people build their life on the sand? Let me give you a few reasons. For some, they just had other priorities. Their happiness, their house, their car, their career, their family, their leisure, their entertainment. I mean, this is the current of the culture. The culture says, this is what's important. This is what a life looks like. And I want that. And so you have other priorities. Yeah, you know what Jesus had to say about build your life on the rock. You're like, um, I'm too sophisticated for that. I'm too smart for that. And everybody else is going the other way, and I want to fit in. Being popular and fitting in with the culture of the age, that's so very important to me. I've got other priorities. Let me give you another reason why people build their life on the sand. They're just unwilling to apply themselves. You know, you just can't be bothered to dig on the rock. Everything else looks so much more attractive and alluring. Besides, I... uh, I don't see anybody else or very few people doing that. And people that I see on TV, uh, the sports stars, all these music idols that I got, they're not doing that. And so you know what? You're just unwilling to do it. You could. It's not that you're not smart enough. It's not that you don't have the resources, opportunities. You're just unwilling. Let me give you a third. The foolish builder is short-sighted. You know, we are just fascinated on just short-term outcomes. How can I just make lots of money really quick? Oh, that's so cool. Short-sighted. You never really take the long-term perspective, and that's the problem. Jesus is calling us to be face-to-face with the reality that this life is but a dot on the line of eternity. You have an eternity to exist, but you're living for the dot, and Jesus says, live for me. I'm the eternal one. The outcomes are determined by the object of your faith and your orientation in this life. Your faith is only as good as the object in which it's placed. 
Every single person, you're a person of faith. You're putting your faith in something or someone. Jesus says, put your faith in me. I'm solid. I'm the rock. I'm eternal. I'm God. And every other foundation is going to really let you down. In fact, it's going to devastate you. Now, you might be thinking like, you know what? Whoa. (laughs) I am building on the sand. And you know, when you build your life without a really good foundation, it has a way of showing up, like in the walls of your house. Like if your house is on an unstable foundation, I hope you don't have this, but in first service, we apparently had several. You start seeing what in your walls? (laughs) These cracks, right? Don't look at that, you know? It's got this, (laughs) you know? I'm like, whoa. What does that tell you? You got foundation problems. And I want you to know, I feel for you, and I'm sorry, okay? Um, You can throw some paint on that. You can kind of fill that in, but it doesn't actually change the problem. You might put a Band-Aid on the symptoms. The only way to address it is you got to address the foundation issue, and it could be expensive. But apart from that, you should expect a lot of cracks because you got a faulty foundation. The same is true in life. If your life is not built on Christ... I'm sure you're seeing the cracks. <laughs> I can tell you before my, I placed my faith in Christ, I saw big-time cracks <laughs> teetering over. I'm not sure even how I was making it. Let me just tell you what some of the, the cracks that you will start seeing in your life. You're not building on Christ. You've got despair. You've got a lack of direction, emptiness, a lack of purpose. You're not exactly even sure why you're here. You have very little satisfaction. You, you really have no certainty of hope. You have little desire of holiness, little dependence or desire for God or for Christ. And what these are, they're cracks. They're saying, friend, you got a foundation problem. Build your life upon the rock. And if at all possible, build your life on Christ before the storms hit, Right? It's, it's far more easier. I mean, when the tornado sirens go off, you know, I'm not saying it's too late, but it's going to be pretty challenging. It's hard to build a foundation when the storms are hit, hitting hard. But when it comes to this life, if you're breathing, you have every opportunity, no matter what your circumstances, to put your trust and faith in Christ and to build it upon him and his words. And you need to know something. The storms in this life are meant to put the Savior on display. You know that? The storms that we're going through, that you're personally facing, they're meant to put the Savior on display. They, you're showing that no matter what the challenge and the difficulty, God is worthy to be praised. And you do so, despite the fact of the hardship and the difficulties. And I mean, it's just even looking out to all my friends out here. I've got folks with financial problems, career issues, relationship breakdown, kids that are going in the wrong direction, folks working through and facing cancer and glad they could be here. I had one woman last, uh, last service. She's got more health issues than I can count. But she's here praising God. What does that tell you? Why the Savior is being displayed in that person's life as they go through the storm. What does that tell you? That life is built on the rock of Christ. And one other thing I want to bring to your mind. A firm foundation leads to a soft heart. A firm foundation leads to a soft heart. 
if your life is really drilled down deep in the rock of Jesus Christ and you really are strengthened by his word, let me show you, it gets reflected in how you treat people. You care for them. Your compassion upon them. You see they're hurt. They're caught up in the current of the culture. They got theological confusion. They're struggling with their sexual identity. If you really are strong in Christ, you don't like, those fools. You don't, no. You have a strong foundation. You have a soft heart. You want them to know Christ, his goodness, his forgiveness, his life, his hope. And it gets demonstrated through you and in you. And if, by the way, you really could care less about all the folks that are struggling and and lost, maybe your foundation isn't quite as strong or as deep as you thought because Christ is manifested through his people. Well, this is the opportunity before us when Jesus finished this. Look at verse 28. When Jesus finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. He was teaching as one who had never taught before. He taught with authority. They were absolutely amazed. He spoke as the author. And he's giving us this invitation to trust in him. But as you see that, you know, they were all amazed. I want you to know that that isn't the final outcome that Jesus is looking for. You know, I can tell you that when you look closely at Jesus' life, you can't help but be amazed. But that's not why he came. He didn't come to say, hey, listen, I really want you just to be amazed by me. I I want you to admire me. That's not why Jesus came. Why did Jesus come? He came to call you to follow him. Not just to be amazed by him, but to follow him, to build your life on him and his word, to know the absolute certainty of relationship with Christ. Salvation is all of him. He is everything that you need. And the invitation is to build your life on him. You see, the relationship with Christ, that's, friends, that's the only sure foundation for this life. And I just want to tell you personally, I feel like I'm kind of done with this world. I'm disappointed a little bit disenfranchised by what I'm seeing. I, uh, I want you to know, you can have all this world. Just give me Jesus. That's all I want. I just want Jesus because that is the only foundation. That's the only hope, and that's where your joy is found. Some of you have seen firsthand the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. It is an engineering marvel. It's massive. It's 8,981 feet in length. It is 90 feet wide. It is a whopping 746 feet tall. And what makes this bridge so fascinating is that uh, it it has immense strength. It can handle over an 8.0 Richter scale earthquake. It can handle sustained winds over 90 miles an hour. And this bridge stands, and it is a marvel. It's beautiful to behold. It's the picture of strength. And it stands for two reasons. One, because it's designed to sway, okay? It can sway with the winds, okay? And the challenges that come. But the second is because of how it's uh, it's engineered. 
It's cantilever, all of the macadam, all of the pavement, all of the steel. Everything is fixed and fastened. Those two massive cables, all of it is supported and tied to these massive anchors, these piers that go deep into the bedrock. It's all resting on one absolute sure foundation. You see, this bridge, it was built to last. It can handle the storms because it is drilled deep into the bedrock and everything is resting in that foundation. And the question I want to leave you with is this. Are you? Are you built? Are you deep into the foundation of Jesus Christ? You see, the focus of our faith, it really determines the future that we face. Let's pray.